0: everybody. you were listening to the history boys i am christopher Whedon, and i drank six beers last night and i am feeling it cuz i'm getting old <laughs> yeah. like i you know i drank and andrew gave me a six pack of beer for feeding his cat a uh, nice. little citrus, oh. and uh, i drank it all last night <laughs>
1: I, I thought you meant like he physically handed you a six pack of beer, and you're like, "Thanks, man. This is uh, this means a lot to me." And then he just pulled out a gun, and he was like, "Start drinking." You're like, Look here. in front of me, he's like, "Don't stop till they're all gone, and then recycle the cans."
2: He's out of town, so I take the tabs off and crush them. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: It, the, the gun was implied. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, this is Tyler Armantrout, aka Giorgio Van Grelden, and I. No. I'm gonna make it a thing. I am a, uh, I'm a history boy. I didn't drink six beers. Um, I, I, um, did a bunch of yard work and then watched, uh, a bunch of, uh, Our Flag Means Death and then went to bed at a reasonable time last it's night. It's a good show. People at <laughs> it's, home watch show. That show.
2: it's
1: people, kids versus people without kids. <laughs> That's yeah. what that is right there.
2: <laughs> and I am Jerry Nash, your humble history boy as always. Thank you for listening. Um, and let's see, last night I played, played some video, some, uh some EU four oh. and, uh, so I was playing tiny Tina's wonderland. Yeah. But you're <laughs> that new flight you, simulator game.
1: You're the guy. And so like, we're, we're all talking about the games we're playing. And I'm like, you know, in saints row, you can dual wield Han Solo's pistol. And Chris is like, I'm playing the new borderlands. And you're like, you know, all the air, like real airports, man, the fidelity of these <laughs> airports I'm taking <laughs> off and landing in. <laughs> is incredible. <laughs> you guys, you guys wouldn't believe it. <laughs>
2: Dude. I took off in a jet. From mm-hmm. the airport In my hometown And landed in Boise It's, it's pretty amazing <laughs> You should uh, you should crash into my house I crashed into everybody's houses I cr- crashed into all your <laughs> houses
1: <laughs> Are you confident In the event that you're on a commercial airliner And the pilot has a heart attack And they're like, does anyone know how to fly a plane? You're like, do you have an Xbox controller?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I I'm confident enough In how it works That I could okay. be like all right, now somebody else, like I'll put on the headset, you know, and then somebody else will talk me through the rest of it. Landing, that's yeah. gonna be that's gonna be an issue. That's you know? the part because every that you time need I land, do. I bounce off the ground.
1: You yeah. have the same problem as the nine eleven hijackers.
2: The <laughs> <laughs> oh god, <laughs> but landing,
1: Christ. landing's gonna be a problem. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah.
3: Sorry, was,
1: it's been Jesus. twenty years. I think we're yeah. okay. Um, yeah. Uh, but, uh, oh, let's address the, uh, the, uh, the, the long-haired, elephant. handsome elephant in the room. Yeah, there's not an elephant in
0: the room, yes. if anything.
2: Jerry, where's Zach? Zach is on tour. Um, he got a surprise phone call asking him if he wanted to go on tour, and he had to take this one, guys. He had to go, because the, the guy that he's touring with is none other than Gary Newman. Yeah, uh, yeah. And
1: Gary Newman called...
2: Zach. Gary Newman
1: yeah. <laughs> himself, yeah. Now Gary called he Zach
2: personally. Uh, he was like,
1: "Do you want to come on tour with me? I'll pick you up in you my car." Come on tour with
0: me? He's British, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He's One of, of his coffee, but they all are. Uh, I don't give a shit. Yeah. So and he's uh, like, uh, "I'll I'll drive you in my car, where nice. we will feel safest of all." And it's just Zach and Gary Newman in a car driving around the country. <laughs> That's not. Fair. Where's the rest of the guys? They're gonna be in thing. like, so where's the rest of the van? Is there a van or is there a bus? He's like, Nah, mate. Now he's Australian. <laughs> um, so,
1: is it does ever? Is everyone here imagining I'm driving uh, one of the new bugs because of the commercial from the late nineties? Yeah, now I am. Okay, cool. Yes. Yeah. It's 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 Gary Newman, Tony Hale, and Zach, and they're all. <laughs> <laughs> Tony
0: Hale's there. It's yeah. the backseat. Zach called shotgun, <laughs> yeah. and Tony Hale's mad. Zach about called it. shotgun. <laughs>
1: Actually, I think the Tony Hale commercial had Domo over to,
3: to Mr. Mabon Same
0: thing. Anyway, you, anyway, okay.
2: anyway. What are we doing today, Jerry? What are we doing? Well, I, I just want to. It's a great oh. opportunity for Zach. Um, we're all very we... excited for him. Uh, you know, touring with, with Gary Newman. That's incredible. And now we get to say that we actually have Gary Newman quality sound. You yeah. know, because he's yeah, doing not a this sound episode, for Gary Newman. Does sound the other one. for us. Yeah, yes, yeah. not on this episode. Uh, yeah, but we got normally. Gary
0: Newman's sound guy on our show.
2: No big yeah.
0: deal,
2: of yeah. One of them. One well, of them, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, today we are talking about Rube Goldberg. Y'all know who Rube Goldberg is?
1: He's um Yeah, he's the guy who made up the breakfast machine from Pee-Wee's Big Adventure.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're not honestly you're not far off. You're not far off. Okay, no, um, no, okay, I got it, I got it, I got it.
1: He's the guy who made all that shit in Saw, right? All the <laughs> torture <far> devices.
0: <laughs> oh not man, they should make that movie. Where it's Rube Goldberg, but he's like uh, jigsaw or whatever that character's name is. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: He's
0: killing people in his Rube Goldberg style machines. Yeah. yeah. He's like, you don't appreciate life. Yes.
1: Yeah. He's like, the uh, real Rube Goldberg machine is the world, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Rube Goldberg, he was a cartoonist. He was an engineer and a sculptor. And his name has become uh, synonymous with his Rube Goldberg machines. Uh, yeah, real quick, be... what what is a Rube Goldberg machine? You want to take he, that one, Tyler?
1: Yeah, it, it. I you know, um, if if I had to really critically think about it, yeah, it's a machine where uh, a series, it's pretty much a series of miniature verbs that happen one after another, and right. every everyone that happens affects triggers the oh. the previous one, right. and the chain some reaction, almost like a domino effect, creates right. the end result.
0: One of the right. one of the best examples of that is famously from the beginning of. Uh, Thie Herman's Big Adventure. Right, yeah. yes, exactly. It, it's The Breakfast Machine, and it plays that Danny Elfman yeah. track that me and Tyler used to play at parties on loop. And, uh, yes. or, yeah. on
1: the or the band OK Go. I think they've had yeah. more than one music video that contained unbroken Rube Goldberg machine yeah.
2: shots. Yes, so. yes. The best way uh, I've, I've heard it described is that there are these complex <laughs> inventions that overcomplicate a simple task that they were made to achieve. Right. So sense. it's a very simple task that they're made to achieve, and it's this whole complicated thing that you know once it's set into motion, it does something as innocuous as turn a page. Like there's a guy on YouTube that made a, a Rube Goldberg machine that turns pages, and it's it's delightful. It's wonderful. Yeah. But yeah, it's always something really innocuous like that, right? Mm-hmm. So
1: so ladies, anytime you take a man home with you and you and you take him to bed, you can say this is going to be a Rube Goldberg machine style scenario, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they don't need us. They don't need us. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, a bunch of uh, extra steps and complications. Hmm. Yep. Well, and, it's
2: and a- for a long time, if you say, like you could actually say that to people. You could say, that's a Rube Goldberg. Because it's yeah. actually in... He, he's, his name is in the dictionary as an adjective. Oh, it, really? The only name in the dictionary at all, but uh, it's in there as an adjective. It's anything that means... Accomplishing by complex means what seemingly could have been done simply. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you're right, Tyler. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that joke. I don't want my name to be
1: synonymous with an adjective. Like, yeah. I don't know, cry, crying while drinking in a graphic tea and like board shorts and yeah, socks. That's, and
2: a, that's a Tyler Armitraut right yeah, there.
1: That's <laughs> Tyler <Armatrat. laughs> No, it's not you, Tyler Armitraut. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, few books are actually uh, written on the man himself, although uh, Rube Goldberg's granddaughter, uh, fashion designer Jennifer George, uh, she actually released this uh, very beautiful book called *The Art of Rube Goldberg*. That is really, really awesome, and it has—you know—it's all about his art and stuff through it. It's, mm-hmm. it's going to be great. sharing
1: any of that on the uh, on the old Discord for our uh, uh, for our Patreon pals.
2: Well, the thing is, is all of that. All of those pictures are licensed. Uh, they do, you know, it. All the money stays within their family, you know, the mm-hmm. the George and Goldberg family. So, track them down on your I, own. Yeah, I, yeah. You you can Google them yourself. Um, I wouldn't want to do it because of the sticky legality of it all. I'm gonna stick with, uh, you know, Commons. You know, whatever's mm-hmm. in the uh, uh, public domain here with what I'm going to share. So mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah. Now, Rube Goldberg's father was a man named Max Goldberg. Um, He was a German-Jewish immigrant. Um, He actually arrived in the United States in 1865 when they were moving Abraham Lincoln's body from D.C. to Springfield, Illinois. And he actually followed that procession all the way so he could see... The, the president's body. I like to imagine they've they made a Rube Goldberg machine in order to move
0: the president's body. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. a marble. It's really like, <laughs> you know, little, the like, corpse
1: is just going down like conveyor belts, and then I don't know. <laughs> one of those grabber arms grabs them and yeah. throws Some, him right in.
0: Some startles like, a, a bird, it. and the bird lays an egg, in a, and it right. cracks into a frying pan. Yep. I Feel like that happens right. in the cartoons.
1: Yeah. You need you need a bird. You can't get one of those like hard as nails, bend through it birds. You got to get one that scares easily to make sure, yeah. that it's going to work easily.
0: Startled birds, yeah.
1: And make sure you don't accidentally get a dude bird because he's just going to shit into a frying pan.
0: <laughs> yeah, we've been fooled before.
2: <laughs> I won't be fooled again. <laughs> yeah. Now, like many Jewish immigrant entrepreneurs of the time, he went out west to California mm-hmm.
1: and changed um, his last name immediately.
2: You'd be surprised, actually. Um, Out West, you know, things were a little looser, you know? Like Mm -hmm. how how we learned in our Wired Earth episodes that you could kind of be anybody out West and Mm -hmm. start yourself anew, right?
1: I know what you're thinking. His last name was Goldberg when he was famous. And to that I say, you should have heard his last name before he
2: changed it. (laughs) Jesus Uh. Christ. No, uh, he he kept the name, uh, but uh, he actually became really involved in the Republican Party in uh, San Francisco at the time, and actually became sheriff of San Francisco County. Oh. So he may have actually known or met Wyatt Earp at some point, which is interesting. That is, uh, Yeah. Now, Reuben Garrett Lucius Goldberg was born July 4th, 1883, in San Francisco. God bless America. It's indeed almost, almost
1: almost on the centennial.
2: Almost, yeah. Yeah, missed it by uh, just a few years. Three years. years. There.
1: Yeah. Or yeah. er, four years.
2: Yeah. Now, as a boy, uh, Rube's passion was drawing. Like, it, it was almost like a compulsion for him. Like, he was a good student, but he was never not drawing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just draw all the time, right? And his father wanted him to be. You know, not an artist, because it's not very lucrative, right, mm-hmm. to be an artist. But that's all Rube wanted to be, was an artist.
0: Pretty sure every famous artist and musician and whatever has a dad that was like, nah, you get into accounting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then they grow up to be the, the front man for Rush. Right. <laughs> I don't well, remember, like... Lee. <laughs> yeah.
1: It, I just I think that like it's it's yeah I, I like the anything but the things that you you love so much you almost do it like as like a compulsion
0: right mm.
1: yeah 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 don't do that I mean unless it's unless it's murder or masturbation I think maybe you should just go with that as a career path you know what I mean <laughs> yeah
2: yeah now uh Rube never actually had any formal training in drawing which i I think it's kind of fascinating, you know, no he never took an art class or anything like that. The only the only thing that he said that he did is he got uh some training from a sign painter when he was like in his teens. Mm-hmm. And that was like a real point of pride for him that the only training he had was from like a commercial sign painter, you know. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, think about how good he could have been if he actually like applied himself and went to school, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Could have been like a real professional. (laughs)
2: Jesus. (laughs) Rube actually attended and graduated from the sort of, at the time, elite public high school, Lowell High School, which at the time was a heavily Jewish uh, Mm -hmm. high school, actually. On the insistence of his father, he attended UC Berkeley on an engineering degree. He was going to be an engineer, mining engineer, actually. And so, yeah, he he started uh, UC Berkeley in uh, 1901 he would go until 1903 or 4 i i heard a different a couple of different things uh, as far as that goes which is kind of odd but while he was there he had a professor named frederick slate the best way to describe him is that he was this dry you know engineering man mm-hmm. and he wanted to ask stupid questions to see what he could get out of the engineering students right so like these absurd questions that make you think about these things and you know make you realize that there might be an easier way if you thought about it differently outside of the box kind of a thing Mm -hmm. so he he had this machine called the Barodic it uh, was meant to measure the weight of the world Mm -hmm. right and he would always ask him can you can you actually weigh the world put it on a scale <laughs> you turn your scale upside down. Right. The answer is actually fairly easy to figure out. You just you can bounce something off the ground and time it, and then you plug mm-hmm. it into an equation, and there's the Earth's mass, right? Because the Earth doesn't have a weight, it has a mass, right? Yeah. So it's easy to find out, and yet yeah, does sort of fluctuate on any given time of the year, things like this. But the point of it is don't we is, all
1: like you know the holidays <laughs> you of, you know, Thanksgiving you know, Christmas, you go know, back to back, New Year's, a lot of drinking, <laughs> a lot of rich food. So yeah, I can, I can relate to the planet Earth yeah. will we'll fluctuate in mass over the course of a year. yeah,
2: yeah. yeah but the, the point is is like don't overthink it. It's actually very simple. But he had all these things that, you know, oh, if we could control this and this barometer and all this barometric pressure, it turns out this machine was actually sort of a joke within a joke, Mm -hmm. uh, which says a lot about Rube's humor, right, going forward Mm -hmm. in his life, that he appreciated sort of that sort of absurdity level of absurdity.
1: Well, plus like learning to be an engineer back then was notoriously easy because people knew less things, so the curriculum was limited <laughs> based off the knowledge that we had at the time. You pretty much just showed up, and they
2: showed you a ruler, and then you got to go home. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> Almost yep. none of that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Almost none of that. It's coming from uh, a guy
1: who's never, uh, never engineered a thing yeah. in his life.
0: Try
2: building a coal engine when you've never even heard of coal. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) But Rube himself uh, sort of played a joke on people going afterwards as he described this machine. He said that it was it filled a good sized laboratory and its principal function was to record the weight of the earth by a series of pipes and tubes and wires and chemical containers and springs and odd pieces of weird equipment, which made it look like a dumping ground for outmoded dentist furnishings. Sounds Uh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It, it turns out it was this little thing, you know, that is. It was really stupid, and it, it was just sort of playing a joke on on his students. If
1: they waited like eighty years, they could use it as a set for a music video, and it would probably be super popular. <laughs> yeah, like just shoot shoot music videos there and have it all going in the background with all these tubes to nowhere. We're using well, as a set for a science fiction movie. Well, mm-hmm. the thing it,
2: it never really existed. The, what oh. Rube was doing was, he was making up something to trick people later on, oh. uh, because it was actually this small sort of device that was led you to overthink things, much mm-hmm. as what he was doing. It was a joke with inside another joke, so... Bit of a hat on a hat. It's a hat. I'm getting accepted by <laughs> Rube Goldberg right now, it's, I feel like. I don't know. It, it's kind of, it's sort of genius, you know? <laughs> but... But right out of uh, UC Berkeley, he got an engineering job working for the city of San Francisco. Oddly enough, working in their sewer pipes, sort of designing how the sewer pipes were going to work in San Francisco.
1: (laughs) He's going to make them less efficient,
3: oh no!
2: (laughs) 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 There's a marble up here, and it drops.
0: These pipes are way too efficient. We need to add more steps. yeah. Yeah. Have you considered having a bird lay an egg as part of the process? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Chris, I'm starting uh, to think that the only Rube Goldberg thing you know, or at least I can recall, is a bird laying an egg on exactly A bird right. getting startled and laying an egg <laughs> on a frog.
0: I feel like that exists somewhere, doesn't it? It does. Oh, I guarantee it, it absolutely does. does. There's a small Almost chunk of, like, dominoes me. at some point, too. Yeah, yeah. there's
1: some do- Yeah, it's like a, there's a couple dominoes, but you... If, it's kind of like condiments on a sandwich. If you have I've, too many dominoes, it's gonna be it's gonna be a domino effect, and it's no longer gonna be a Rube Goldberg contraption. So you have to you can only have so many dominoes. You know yeah, what it's I
2: mean? a little string of dominoes.
1: Yeah, and it's a little it string of dominoes, ball. and
0: then it's you know, I don't well, you know. It's a mousetrap, and the mousetrap bounces and uh, knocks a ball down a thing. Yeah, yeah not to be confused with
1: the game mousetrap that actually involves a Rube Goldberg actually, contraption. Yes. Yeah. As a core feature of the game. But yeah, no one's ever actually played Mousetrap, because everywhere you ever go that has a copy of Mousetrap, somebody lost it and nobody knows how to set it up and then you, you a just end up playing piece. Monopoly. Yeah. yeah.
2: I I used to play Mousetrap. Really? And yeah. Why? Is it fun? It's it's just kind of a basic board game.
3: Huh. Mm-hmm.
2: so like you, you, you build it as a You get to a point go. where like, you stop you stop actually playing the board game and you just set it up to see if you can nail you know, mm-hmm. the actual Rube Goldberg machine because like yeah. there's a point where like there's a ball that hits this rod and it makes like the swimmer jump into the pool.
1: That's the part and then it makes the, net the guy come who's down. doing this and then yeah. it
2: hits and he goes, whoa, into the bucket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and that's really hard to pull off. It's hard to pull off the net coming down and, and getting the mice, right? I feel like I've never
0: actually played the game. If I did as a kid it was just building like building the machine. They're just like right. put the machine yeah. together and it would the it, ironically, the actual playing the board game is the, you know, inefficient part of right. simply just building the yeah. machine. So it's an right. added layer of Rube Goldberg just having a board game
2: involved yeah. around it. Yeah. It's a double uh, Rube Goldberg, if yeah. anything. got double rubbed. <laughs> you got Duh. double rubbed. Uh, I also want to say, for people that might just be joining us uh, for this episode Because a lot of things Rube Goldberg are sort of uh, Marketed or or centered Towards children mm-hmm. uh, Our show is not for children Except for, you know, there's some cool parents out there That uh, will watch it with their kids But uh, I just want to get that out of the way As as yeah. we continue They're like, oh, here's a podcast uh, I could teach my children about yeah.
3: Rube
0: Goldberg, and we're all talking about like Penises
3: <laughs> Yeah, <You> Exactly
0: <laughs> Genitals. Just, just want to throw that out. Certain, going certain fluids. Gurus. We're gonna
1: indoctrinate your children into being gay. Yeah, I'm not even gay, but I can, I can do the indoctrination. Hey, children at home, have you heard about being gay? Yeah,
0: it's, I, yeah. it's pretty cool.
1: And the only thing cooler than being gay is being a Scientologist. And let me tell you, <laughs> <laughs> a Mormon Scientologist. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's a specific sect where they got together and we're like.
2: Let's take the best of both worlds. We contain
1: multitudes. (laughs) 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 Uh,
2: Well, Rube worked at that job for about six months, and he hated it. He Mm -hmm. did not want to work that job anymore. So he told his father that he's not going to be an engineer anymore, took a massive pay cut, and decided to follow his dream Mm -hmm. of drawing. Uh, So he actually went to work for the San Francisco Chronicle. They paid him a fraction uh, what he was making mm-hmm. from, with the city. But he actually had a sports column where he was uh, drawing pictures of, like, the sports events because newspapers found out that if you had more pictures in your newspaper, mm-hmm. uh, they actually sold faster, right? Oh, yeah. They sold better.
0: That's right, why you put pictures so, of Spider-Man in there. Yeah. You can put
1: pictures of anything, but pictures yeah. of Spider-Man are probably going to be the best. Did yeah. you
0: draw <laughs> pictures of Spider-Man? No. The yeah. thing is, is they oh. would send him... So he didn't work yeah. for J. Jonah James. <laughs> hey, well, the thing is, Chris, is that Spider
1: Man didn't play any sports.
0: Right. Well, right. yeah, he can't because he would have won. He would have, you know. Yeah.
1: He, went, he advantage. would
0: he, You know, he'd yeah. get a little worked up and he'd, like, jump across the football field and people would be like, well, that was inhuman. Are you yeah. Spider Man? And he'd be like, yeah.
1: No, I'm yeah. Teen Wolf.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and then he's got two eyes on his
0: hands. He's
2: like, no, I'm Yo. a Teen Wolf. <laughs> oh, okay. But uh, you didn't have to send somebody to a sporting event with a camera. You know, like, the the idea back then was, our guy doesn't even need a camera. Yeah, he you can draw it. He'll just draw it, you know. That so seems,
0: That seems unnecessarily complicated, too. Perfect. Well, cameras are more complex. I <laughs> know, yeah,
2: cameras weren't the same. I get that. Yeah, back then it was different. <laughs> you know, it's like cameras, just, you know. Why don't they just take a picture more... on their phone, Jerry? Yeah, right. <laughs> He had this to say about uh, his work, his early work, quote, I drew sports cartoons, not because I was enamored of prize fighters, ballplayers, or hammer throwers, but because there was no other form of cartooning open to starry-eyed beginners. He's End like um, Hunter S. Thompson. Uh, <laughs> he was <There's> a sports <laughs> He's hungry
0: right. for it. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Yeah, he's hungry, you know. He and wants then to, uh, like, make they an also did a bunch it. of drugs and fired guns out in the California <laughs> wilderness.
1: I don't. I don't think Rube Goldberg did that.
0: No, he didn't. He built a. He built a very complex machine that would fire a gun in the air, and, uh, <laughs> and do drugs, <laughs> and yeah, and drop yeah, and drop acid into his mouth. <laughs> yeah, it would.
1: It would startle a bird, and then that bird. <laughs> It, I guess ask no that's how you get the bird's turtles is you give it LSD <laughs> it's, it's, it's gonna be laying
0: eggs all day it's freaking out man
2: how it come farmers haven't oil. just been doing that the bird doesn't yeah. know what LSD is it's fucking yeah.
0: flipping out <laughs> it's,
2: this bird it's has like no like channel for birds
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna turn you into an egg laying machine <laughs> This episode Bringing Out Our Silliness. Yeah, <laughs> big time. <laughs> he was there until 1907 when uh, he actually moved to New York. Uh, but what's crazy is that there was a massive earthquake in 1906 that destroyed much of the city. And it's kind of a, a story for a different day. But I wonder if that earthquake had something to do with his move to New York City. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a speculation. There's like, no one has actually written... Written the definitive book on Rube Goldberg yet? Well, he—he so uh,
0: he saw a building fall over, and that building knocked like a ball down a <laughs> ramp, <laughs> which I guess scared a bird. <laughs> I'm just putting that in every time.
1: There's a there's a bunch of birds on a on a the telephone pole, and, uh, <laughs> and it scared them all, and they all egg 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 egg. egg. <laughs> there's all these dudes with frying pans underneath, and it hit the frying pan, and. I mean, I guess, what happens after he hits the frying pan? Then you just gotta... I, like, never, I guess it. that's that's it. You eat the, you eat you the, eat the egg,
0: right?
2: That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah it like, cooks an egg.
0: That egg is the, the final part, I guess. Yeah, most yeah. of
2: the time in, in these movies and stuff, the whole goal is that it cooks breakfast for you, right? Yeah. Breakfast machine, you know, cracks the egg open. And it's it, all you
0: like... Or there's a gun on the shoot shoot shoots you. Yeah. Is that literally <laughs> from Family Guy? Yeah, yeah, true. Who knows all that? It just that shoots you. Yeah. Oh, that's a good joke. We should have come the, up with that. The, the, the
1: funniest thing about that moment, and I'm just going to Family Guy reference, uh, mm. first ever, I think. Yeah. I don't
0: know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But
1: uh, the funniest thing about it is when he sits down at the machine, he like Puts the napkin <laughs> into his shirt and has a fork and a knife in his hands, like he's waiting. He's he's really excited about whatever meal he's going to be. Is there a gun pointing
2: well, at him the whole time? You know, it was just. Well, that That's might be. Funny. That honestly might be a reference to Charlie Chaplin's uh, feeding machine. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, which was you know made a long time ago, where Charlie Chaplin sits at this machine and he he does the thing where he tucks in the bib, yeah. mm-hmm. and like this, yeah, you know, absurd machine comes over and feeds him. And honestly, you it, like you can go see that on YouTube. There's a part where they put the the corn in front of his face, mm-hmm. and this thing spins, and yeah. he puts his teeth on it on the corn cob, and yeah. like it cuts up the corn cob, and it's like that mm-hmm. looks horrifically painful. So I actually,
0: I really <laughs> recently saw I saw a thing on Reddit where it was a guy. It was on the internet. Just te- he made it, it's like a conveyor belt, but it was a Rube Goldberg machine yeah. that made him yeah. bre- like made him a five course meal. And it like oh, yeah. blows a salad in his mouth and like it goes yep. down like all the five different things. <laughs> he, it, it's, it's effectively, it's a Rube Goldberg machine. Yeah. But that was pretty good. And it would like yeah. wipe his mouth. Yeah. You know? The mouth wipe where they horses. have that in yeah. the Charlie Chaplin. And Chappell I think movie. the newspaper comes over at the end and it flips the page for him. <laughs> it's really funny. It's. Yeah. Yeah. I, and that's I don't sort, know. Of, the sp- that's sort yeah. of the
2: spirit of Rube Goldberg. It's supposed to be sort of zany. It's supposed to be sort of funny. You know? I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when he got to New York in 1907, uh, he actually found employment, again, as a sports uh, cartoonist uh, with the New York Evening Mail. And he certainly, absolutely knew Bat Masterson. Oh, well, which you Which is go. pretty nuts, right? Because, I mean, not only through, you know, he, he would go to the same sporting events that Bat would go to. He, he was also in the, you know, New York journalism mm-hmm. scene, yeah, yeah, totally. you that know, of the time. Yeah. This you was know, so. uh, in
0: the later course of Bat's years, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah I know, I, I listened to the episode. It was his <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: second act. <laughs> Which is it pretty interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Do you think he really enjoyed those zany machines that he drove? Uh, did he ever saw I those? I don't know.
2: That I, nothing I feel exists. like Bat
0: Masterson, did he have much of a sense of humor? I feel like he talked a lot yeah. of shit. Yeah. Because he would talk hella shit and it was super fun. Yeah. Yeah, that probably him. had a good sense of humor. I think I compared him to Hunter S. Thompson too. <laughs> <laughs> They're all I I One author. You, you like, <laughs> <Yeah. I'm kidding. laughs> well, if you write for like, uh, you know,
2: if you write like articles, uh, kind of, you know. I'm oh yeah. To say. Yeah. Now the New York Evening Mail was a part of one of the first newspaper syndicates, right? And syndicate mm-hmm. just means you know that they had reprinting rights. You know, to reprint stuff in newspapers across the country. And they sold drugs? Well, so you, you know, you'd have (laughs) nationwide syndication, you know? Yeah. One of the first times they ever did that. I mean, syndicated
0: television, I always assumed, was a front for selling drugs, right? (laughs) Which, all those old (laughs) Seinfeld?
2: Yeah, well, you know, the
0: entertainment industry is a big front, right? Yeah. Everything. (laughs) Well, there's no real money being made anywhere. It's all drugs.
1: (laughs) Well... Everyone knows that Hollywood is a syndicate, but it's just not a drug syndicate. It's uh, it's a human trafficking syndicate. Yeah, right. Goes all the way. Goes all the way to the top. They're,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, they're harvesting adrenochrome for the elites. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know,
2: in a pizza place, right? Speaking yeah. of Hunter Thompson, two, two
1: guys, a girl, in <laughs> a pizza place. Full of children in the basement and were harvesting their adrenochrome. I believe was the original <laughs> name of the show. And they thought it was a little bit long.
0: Yeah. So when you that go was the start- only problem, they're like, can we change the harvesting part to just having Ryan Reynolds go because Ryan Reynolds was in that show. Yeah. It was one of his first things. And
1: Nathan Fillion. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. He wasn't one of the two guys, but he was dating the girl. Yeah. Nathan and harvesting
1: the adrenochrome.
2: He was
0: the one harvesting the adrenochrome. <laughs> In the basement.
2: Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Rube actually had he had pretty wide distribution, so a lot of people knew who he was. He w- he actually started to get famous rather quickly. He was a shorter man. He was sort of serious in nature, but he had kind of a wry sense of humor that was sort of underneath his it outward. A very coherence. dry sense of humor. Yes, very dry. Yeah, he always wore bow ties. Oh,
1: and, of course uh, he did. Of he almost course. always
2: had a cigar. Yeah. Oh. You know. This almost this is
1: like the the guy that I imagine Rube Goldberg being.
2: With. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You see a picture of him and it's like, yep, there he is. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I've uh, never heard that he wore a
0: bow tie before, but I think I probably pictured him wearing a bow tie.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Did he wear suspenders, or am I just turning him into Larry King?
2: Oh no, he he wore suspenders for sure. Like yeah. when he was sitting at his drawing desk, you know. Mm-hmm. I have pictures of him. They didn't have belts yet, so how are you going to keep your pants up? <laughs> well, the,
1: the, the engineering know-how hadn't been cultivated yet So they were like, you know
0: They, they had a needlessly complicated system For holding a pants <laughs> up suspenders
2: Yeah, you had to make different pants mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Now at this time In the newspaper world uh, There was the Hearst newspapers You know, William Randolph Hearst oh, newspapers I'm familiar. And then there was the Pulitzer newspapers Not familiar uh, with that name
1: yeah right. Yeah, maybe you've <laughs> heard of it. I wonder which ones are the legitimate journalism.
2: They were both yellow journalism. Both of them were. Oh weren't. no! In, All fact, in fact, Pulitzer actually invented, with his own papers, the yellow journalism. However, he saw the implications of yellow journalism because Hearst just did it better than him. God. That he felt so bad for it that he came up with the Pulitzer Prize for good journalism because he was like, we I have was to Pulitz. stop this.
0: I thought it was Pulit,
2: surprise.
1: <laughs> that that's, a, that's a that is a uh,
0: that's. what he jumps a, out of a box. Actually. Yeah,
1: he jumps out of a box and he tells you some sensationalized news story. And <laughs> over time, it's turned into he jumps out of a box and uh, thanks you for be, being an honest
0: journalist. Yeah, because yeah, it used to be he would jump out and be like. They're harvesting adrenochrome. And they're like, yeah. Ah.
1: <laughs> now he's like, he jumps out of a box and he's like, thanks for not erasing the Armenian genocide. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. You
2: know, uh, yeah. Making yeah. up a war with Spain. People are uh, mad at, uh, yeah. at Moon Knight because it mentioned
0: the Armenian genocide. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Which happened. Yeah,
1: there's some <laughs> Armenian people who are alive. If
0: you're listening so, to our like, show.
1: Yeah, we were on vacation during that. Of time. It was a special <laughs> military operation story <laughs> for a different Our country was day. Uh,
2: everybody's on vacation i don't know what you're about. yeah there was a push and pull between the pulitzer papers and the Hearst papers and they would try to poach each other's journalists or cartoonists because some people would buy papers for the comics themselves like especially when they started making like the story of certain comics uh, week to week so like you had mm. to get the newest paper to continue the story. What was that one right? with the prints? That one, we're, I think we're really on. It's like yeah, that was an older one
0: too. That was a yeah. reprint. Yeah, I wouldn't they don't. Sh- what I mean is they don't show those anymore. But I remember that he would reprint them in the newspaper, and I was okay. like, just show me Kelvin and Hobbes.
2: Right. Right. Yeah.
0: Uh, Which was great. But, I, Calvin Hobbes is amazing.
2: I'm not. But well, they like, would uh, give Cathy. newspapers. Newspapers Act. were much bigger back then, mm-hmm. and they'd give much more space to. To comics and stuff mm-hmm. back in the day, because that's that's why people bought papers back in the day for a lot of reasons.
1: Mm-hmm. People have, were just uh, nerdier back then. they were like, "Give me more <laughs> comics! Give me more!" Did they, you know, give, give me, me Doonesbury uh, Superman? Yeah, give me, give me Doonsbury. give me uh, Marmaduke. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's uh, what is his name? Uh, Schultz's characters, the Penis yeah, Gang, Peanuts,
2: peanuts. Yeah, the pe- Penis Gang. Oh. <laughs> Wait, they're called the Peanuts. Ke- it's oh, Schultz man, I got some apologies
1: penis. I got to send out, like, right
0: away. <laughs> I thought it was Schultz and the Penis Gang. <laughs> is that what
2: you know he <laughs> uh, Arthur Brisbane, who will pop up in, a, in another story when we do, like, Hearst and, and all these stories. But Arthur Brisbane, he had actually offered Rube Goldberg uh, $2,600 per year, which is a lot of money, uh, more than he was making. Uh, in 1911, to move him over to the Hearst papers, mm-hmm. but instead, he uh, the paper he was working for matched the offer. The New York Evening Mail matched the offer, and then the Hearst papers actually raised it uh, in 1915 to fifty thousand dollars a year. This shows oh. how popular Rube Goldberg was. I was because of all of
0: his uh, his cartoons about the Mexican Revolution.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it was during that time. Yeah, it, it would be yeah. But yeah, they just kept matching it, because he was one of the most popular comic book artists of his day. I could not name another com- comic book artist from that time period. There's
0: a lot. Uh, there's a Little Nemo in, uh, uh, oh, yeah. what is who, it, which, Little Nemo in,
2: in Dreamland? Silverland?
0: Yeah, Dreamland, yeah, yeah, It was an, N- an NES game, and then a movie. But yeah. I think the movie was in production for a really long time. Little, and, Yeah, uh,
2: Little Nemo, That was a that was a big one back mm-hmm. in the day.
1: And just to contextualize, and I know that we always like to do this with with uh, you know adjusted for inflation and old timey money, but uh, that 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 nineteen eleven salary of twenty six hundred dollars a year would have uh, would have equated to seventy eight thousand dollars to be a newspaper right. cartoonist, which right. is pretty preposterous. I mean, yeah, that's good money. You know, get your bag, but like and the no one, no one. That's
2: why you get into merchandising. So so that's. Like, he, he stayed with, with these papers, and, and he played his cards right, and he made, actually, pretty good money doing mm-hmm. what he was doing, by not being sort of a turncoat, you know, uh, which is kind of cool. Now, meanwhile, Rube married his wife, and God, this is going to be a tough one for you to not make fun of, guys. You you can cut this part. You always, uh,
0: you always, what, what, like, what I feel like the zany, like, the really fucked up names were
2: like, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Irma Seaman.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> was guys, expecting, like,
2: Gail Flapjack or something you like guys.
0: that. You set like, it up. That sounds so funny.
2: I know, Ir- I know. I feel like, I know. Guys, you're like, I know. Uh, Irma, you guys.
1: it's like you look, it's like I feel like you're like Irma and then you like look down and you're like, Seaman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've known people with the name Seaman. It's not that... I'm yeah. Is it
1: S-I-E-M-E-N? No. Like the... No, it's S-E-M-E-N. S-E-M-E-N.
2: No, it's S-E-E-M-A-N. Okay. C-Man.
1: C-Man? Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah you just got to see, man. Uh, yeah, just see, man. They uh, they got married on October 17th, 1916 mm. um, in New York City. They had uh, two children, two sons, Thomas and George, uh, mm. were their two sons. Didn't really go outside the box in on that one. Yeah, right. <laughs> no one did back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, meanwhile, uh, Rube is just getting bigger and bigger. He has a few hits. His hits are, Boob McNutt. Oh, that's <laughs> those first hits, because back then Boob meant and, sort and of dumb, doofus. Like a, yeah, dum yeah. dum. Yeah. yeah, you know. So Boob McNutt, Mike and Ike, they yeah. look alike. Uh, yeah, they do. Some people said yeah. that this was the name for the candy, but. There's really no way to confirm that. No one's mm-hmm. actually come out and said that the name of the candies, Mike and Ike's, are based off of Mike and Ike. They look mm-hmm. alike. Which it's is funny
1: it. that no one's came out to say that because also uh, Mike and Ike still haven't come out, but we all know what's up with these two <laughs> candies.
0: No, well, they're just two. Really, Mike and Ike are just really good friends. They're, they're roommates. They were brothers. Yeah.
2: <laughs> they are roommates. They were brothers. Okay, Not well. Different Mike and Ike. That's probably they why
1: they look alike.
2: <laughs> yeah. He also uh, had one called Lollapalooza, uh, which he popularized. Mm-hmm. Sort of that term, S- yeah, Lollapalooza. Smashing Pumpkins was there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jane's addiction really took <laughs> the Frampton. Yeah, <laughs> but his biggest hit—it was a reoccur. It was just a thought on a theme, right? And the th- it was just called Foolish Questions. And mm. every week it would be a one-panel uh, cartoon where somebody was asking somebody a question where they were clearly doing that one thing, you know, mm-hmm. and they would say something, you know, they'd be like, no, I'm doing, you know, it would be very sarcastic, they'd be like, no, I'm doing this instead. So here's actually a couple of examples. It's, it's way. Uh, it here's your sign. Yeah, yeah, these are <laughs> 1909. There's uh, two guys sitting on a park bench, and one of them has a long cigar. And he's he's asking the other guy who's covering his face up from the cigar. He says, "Does my cigar bother you?" And the guy says, "Certainly not, old chap. Even as a child, I was fond of the odor of burnt rubber."
0: Nice, got him. Got him. Right? Yeah,
2: you got him. Uh, okay. Or or here's here's one that's very indicative of the time, mm-hmm. uh, very funny to people back in the day. There is a man that is uh, very clearly beating his wife. Mm-hmm. And it says Beat your wife Hank And the guy says No you turnip I'm trying to spear a whale in a suitcase Yeah, Which I do not understand I, I, You know time has sort yeah. of It's lost on us I will right? call him yeah. a turnip You turnip a, him a turnip. shit yeah. <laughs> like, You turnip f-
0: fuck <laughs> I would a little extreme with it Added yeah. a own flavor yeah, If yeah. you will add a little passion to that one Yeah if you,
1: Turnip shaped, vile, piece of shit. So I'm you a
0: horrible just, person. You can, just, you, can just,
1: you can just drop the turnip back. That well, that's what they did. That's no, why we like, don't say like, that
0: anymore. They were like, you yeah. just leave it in the piece of shit part. That's the part that really stung. You know. Yeah, yeah.
1: the hardest part of calling someone a turnip is they don't really understand how much you hate them.
0: Oh, you got be, like you piece of shit, fucking yeah. asshole.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then over you time,
0: you a bunch of shit to it.
1: Yeah, you gotta. It, and although Rube Goldberg liked the fact that you had to add a, a bunch of extra steps onto it, over time it was kind of gilding the lily, a hat on a hat. And uh, so you know, we just we just got rid of the turnip part and left the rest. Yeah,
2: yeah. well. Yeah. Well, that's how it was sort of received when it came out in one of the first comic book uh, collections. You know, it was a collection of all of them, right?
3: Yeah.
2: And, I had those for Calvin and uh, Hobbes. Yeah. And there there was a couple of critics that were like, this, this sort of works as like a daily thing, week-to-week mm-hmm. thing. But being like assaulted by all of them all at once, <laughs> you know what I mean? It kind of gets...
0: He realized how many comics he made about beating his wife, and you were like, hmm.
2: <laughs> right? It's like, hmm, this is kind of fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: I'm not saying he did. I'm not saying he did. <laughs> I'm just... not saying he did either, but I am saying he made a lot of comics about it. and uh, Yeah. Yeah.
2: We'll, we'll let the listeners decide. And that's not, I mean, it's very indicative of the time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, showing this was funny to them yeah. back then. Yeah. Showing racial stereotypes was also funny. Uh, yeah, back yeah, in the yeah. day. That's just something that happens in these early days of sort you know, of cartoons and stuff. People can't make jokes anymore, you know. Everybody's yeah. so offended Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, I've it's never... kind they of a, should be. Yeah, it's kind of a story for a different day, but like a lot of it, you know, is is kind of based off of, you know, the old uh well, like vaudeville or minstrel shows or minstrel shows, yes, okay. and vaudeville, mm, yeah. 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 But uh you well, know why they involved cloves, also the white like, clothes, things like that.
1: Back then, comedy wasn't as sophisticated because people didn't know as much about comedy. They didn't know about the differences between L.A. and New York. McDonald's breakfast <laughs> wasn't even a thing yet, you know? Yeah. How would we know the differences between a black man dialing a telephone and a white man dialing a telephone if we didn't let black people use telephone yet?
0: Yeah. I sure. think that's, that's what the, Those are the questions I want it, to posit for you. Was this. that Al Jolson's whole thing?
1: Yeah. No. Yeah, Al Jolson was way on the... <laughs> he's like here's the thing.
0: on the here's the differences deal. between yeah yeah do
1: you
0: well, think that I, guy like hacky comedy if that guy saw his legacy now he'd be like man that is embarrassing <laughs> yeah because yeah. he was just like a comedian you know and the day they people were like oh no this is acceptable blackface and now we're like
2: that was completely unacceptable
1: it was the apex of of, well, of shitty racist bullshit mm-hmm.
2: well the thing is 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 people knew it was racist then, too. Oh, they just like that. It. That's sort of something that we kind of forget is that like, yeah. was it accepted? Yes. Did people like, think it was racist then? Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's something day, we miss. would be like, I think this is racist. They're like, oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. Well, we don't <laughs> care. Like, that's that's something that, that we miss. You yeah, know? The
1: racism yeah. is my favorite part about It's exactly. what they would say
2: at the time. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Isolate that comment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're
1: like Al Jolson's bit about like this is this is how uh, a black man gets lynched and this is how a white man gets lynched and it's just him being like man this bill is out of control they're really taking me to the cleaners
3: <laughs> and that's how
1: it that, that's how he opened <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even his closer yeah uh,
2: probably cut that joke it's not working I don't know we'll see how it lands now he actually made seven uh, little cartoon films for newsreels as well, mm. back in the yeah. day. He made one in uh, 1916, or actually all these are from 1916, for the whole year of 1916. Uh, starting in the summer, um, and they kind of ran through the summer, through May and July. Right? So there was uh, The Boob Weekly. Mm.
0: Okay.
2: Right? It's good. was that one? It's a different kind of magazine
0: now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> God, uh, imagine if you could at least see a
1: boob in print once a once a week. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you well, I'm buy saving this. a whole month's worth and masturbating four times in a day.
0: Uh, <laughs> There's also a picture of one boob, which is yes. one breast.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so oh, you got to yeah. put
1: two of them together and you're kind of like looking at it like.
2: Ironies <laughs> <laughs> come too. so far gotta collect them all <laughs> jesus it's like pokemon yeah. uh there was leap year mm-hmm. the fatal pie uh, from kitchen mechanic to movie star the nutty news yeah home sweet home and losing weight oh okay uh um, there were all so these nutty, so where were, were nutty these sh- where were these shown these are uh, new. They were before newsreels. So when you mm-hmm. went to the movies, uh, they'd play a cartoon first, right? This is where like mm-hmm. Disney found their fame because people yeah, would go to yeah. the movies just to see the Disney movie or Disney short, and didn't were care these, about the movie. Were these animated or were they just kind of? The, yeah, yeah, they were animated, and they would have like like Rube sometimes would be in them, and mm-hmm. like you know do the old like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. inkwell thing. You know. I, would, I had to have been pretty rudimentary animation at that point, right? Yes, absolutely, absolutely it was. And uh, Rube Goldberg actually wrote the first feature film of a pre-Curly Howard version of the Three Stooges, called Soup to Nuts. He wrote oh, yeah. that yeah, 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 yeah. But he wrote it. He's actually in it. He has a cameo in it. Yeah. Is this is um, with uh, what's the other uh, not Curly the other Three Stooge, the one before this? Curly,
0: mm. Shep. Shemp. Shep Shep. Shep. Yeah. Shep. Yeah. Shep. Is
1: it with a P? Mm-hmm. is it with is it Shep like short for Shepherd or is it Shemp? Shepard. Like John short
2: Shepard. for Shepard. Is it Shemp? Is it I think Shemp? It might be,
0: yeah, it's short Shepard for short for Shepard. She John, John Sheard.
3: Yeah.
0: Mass
2: Effect.
1: She Shepherd Jackson. Howard. Yeah,
2: Shemp. Junior. Shemp Howard.
1: That's a name I just made up.
2: Yeah, yeah. that's good. <laughs> Rube Goldberg created for a new cartoon series that appeared in exclusively in uh, Collier's Weekly magazine. It was called "The Inventions of Professor Lucifer Gorgonzola Butts." Ah, Butts. Yeah, that's a good name. Yeah, Lucifer.
1: People say that maybe that
2: came from his name, Lucifer Lucius G Gorgonzola uh, G. You know. Yeah. Uh, came from his name. And AK, we don't actually know what AK stands for. Some people say it means all-knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But it was supposed to be like his alter ego, right? Ah. And sort of based off of those professors at, at UC Berkeley, right? Mm-hmm. And overthinking sort of certain situations. Now, it ran about every other week from January 26, 1929 to December 26, 1931, it's actually not that long you know this is what yeah. rube goldberg is known for and actually there's like 60 i think uh comics of uh dr dr butts you
0: mm. know this uh, is uh I, I took a history of animation class in college and this is the time period that steamboat willie came out yeah. you know yes yeah. So, yeah exactly what you're talking about that, that was shown those were shown before movies yeah you know? yeah newsreels and things like yeah that. yeah yeah and um the second one after that uh, uh, has Mickey Mouse, like, drinking and smoking and stuff.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, in blackface. <laughs> I think,
0: yeah. I isn't think that I actually th- why he had white gloves? Wasn't that yes. kind of related to that well, somehow? It's, it's,
2: yeah, it's from the minstrel shows. Though. It's yeah. also the reason are. why Sonic the Hedgehog has white gloves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's all holdover. And that ar- yeah. those early yeah. Sonic games where he was in blackface?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> ever notice in those old cartoons, too, when they get, like, blown up? And their white face, even their hair, is is turned that way. Uh, Mm -hmm. It it's still sort of a holdover and continues. That's pretty fucking. That's dark.
1: Yeah,
0: it is.
2: It is. That's (laughs) dark. Yeah.
1: Every time, every time (laughs) I'm holding an explosive and it goes off in my face, my first thought is, I hope this doesn't make
0: me look racist.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Because you live in cartoon land. Yeah. Yeah. Guess get me to a hospital's number two. Yeah. <laughs> After a bomb has exploded in your face. Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't completely disintegrated your body.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. Huh. Uh, I, have, I have no teeth and skin left, but I don't look like I'm, like I'm doing blackface, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to consider that it's a wash. I'm breaking
0: even. Yeah. You look, you look like Harvey Dent, though. Except yeah. it's
1: from yeah. Whole Face.
2: Yeah, they yeah. call you Whole
1: Face if you're a Batman
2: villain, or No
1: Face, No Face at all.
2: Yeah, we have to focus test these. Uh, but yeah, he only used the character sort of sporadically after that. It's crazy that he began. He that he's famous for, you know, the inventions of Professor Lucifer G. Butts. Even though he drew an estimated fifty thousand cartoons in his life, mm-hmm. um, that these these ones here and there are what he's really famous for, and yeah, that's where you get these, you know, the the hat tipping machine, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. the thing that uh, it it helps you uh, it helps to remind you to mail your wife's letter, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> or the mouth wiping. Thing. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. all these ridiculous things And yeah, it's always dependent On like a, a monkey on a trapeze Or yeah, a bird Like a chicken laying an egg or something Yeah, yeah you're gonna eat that egg Like <laughs> How can a machine possibly work If it's reliant On like these sort of crazy factors mm-hmm. <laughs> You know
1: But if you eat that egg you're, That doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna trip, right?
0: No, I think it dissolves into the brain, into the mind of the bird. (laughs) Well, he goes on his journey. Yeah. Go back to the LSD thing. Yeah. Uh,
1: The hardest part about building a Rube Goldberg
2: machine is finding LSD in this town. (laughs) Yeah. And his machines would still pop up in other things, in other stories, but not Lucifer G Butts. He continued to write from 1938 to 1941, where he drew two weekly strips uh, for the Register and Tribune syndicate, just a different syndicate. They were Brad and Dad and Sideshow, Mm. sort of lesser known in his body of work. But that's what he did until... uh, These all sort of still had the machines in them, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you can't... Once once the, the machines... Put you at the height of your creative powers. You can't get rid of the machines. Yeah. Machines are what you're known for. You know. Yeah,
2: that's your thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Now in 1938, he actually did work as an editorial cartoonist for the old Rag, the New York Sun. Yeah, <laughs> oh. uh, one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Still around today. Horrible. Uh, it's different. It's a different form today. It was a rag then. lot of papers were rags, but I think especially that one. Mm. (laughs) I think. But in 1948, he actually won the Pulitzer Prize for editorial cartooning, uh, because he would draw, uh, for these editorials, he would draw political cartoons, right? Mm. There would always be, like, one picture. It would sort of sum up the whole thing just by looking at it, right? So the one he won the Pulitzer Prize for was called Peace Today, Mm. and it was a ledge that said peace and then like an ocean right below. And there was a, a shell on it, like a bombshell teetering over the edge. Mm-hmm. And it was like nuclear weapons. You oh know? God. So it was like teetering on the edge of peace and war, you know, mm-hmm. assured destruction and stuff like that.
1: That's, uh, that's pretty, that's deep. <laughs>
2: that's not funny.
0: Yeah. Was there a convoluted machine that ended up, uh, <laughs> you know, ended up with, you know, a nuclear war, <laughs> metaphor for the Cold um, War, you know? Yeah. It's the, 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 the complicated...
1: Rube, the, the, it's called capitalism, Chris. Yeah.
0: Like <laughs> <That's, laughs> the, the complicated Rube Goldberg machine that is capitalism.
1: Yeah, yeah the that's market. what's causing
2: the war. Yeah. Oh, yeah, or the stock market. Yeah. Yeah. He, he drew a lot of those political cartoons. Uh, I definitely don't agree with all of them. Uh, I don't agree with all of them, but he had a, he had a few standouts. Uh, he had two guys walking in a desert. And one was labeled Jews... And the other was labeled Arabs, and they're mm-hmm. walking through the desert on parallel paths, just sort of never meeting, in, into the horizon. Is that um, an Israel
1: Palestine yeah, uh, comic? Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, that there just wouldn't be any sort of reconciliation. That what they're time this? Resist? I know you wars. said it, but I'm, this is like post post World War Two. World War Two at this point. Yeah. 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 I guess so. Yeah. Nuclear war, of course.
1: And Israel-Palestine.
2: Yeah. yeah. He had one of a of a bear that was labeled Russia. Yeah. And he was wearing an overcoat. And he had a bunch of pockets on the overcoat of all of the Warsaw Pact uh, states. You know, so mm-hmm. Romania. Poland. You know, Belarus. You know, all those in, in the pockets, right, of of this bear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, those were his political cartoons. Anyway, uh, he moved uh, to the New York Journal American in 1949 and worked there until his retirement in 1963. Ooh, uh, that's a long career. Yeah. When he retired in the 1960s, he became a sculptor and started uh, making these, they called him Goldberg-esque sculptures of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually had a famous one that was of Robert F. Kennedy. Ooh. Um, it's one of his most fam- famous ones. So he was also known for that. Now, because Rube Goldberg's political cartooning created a stir uh, during the Cold War era, of uh-oh. what?
1: Oh no, I'm just I'm saying uh oh because you're like because of his cartoons making a stir during the Cold. I'm like oh no. he's gonna be labeled the communist, isn't he?
2: No, no. Uh, they just found out he was Jewish. <gasps> um, and there was a lot of anti-Semitism what? after the Cold Or after the World War was over uh, Something we kind of gloss over in our mm-hmm. history Is that, you know, after the war It's not like anti-Semitism went away <laughs> You yeah. know, yeah, it yeah, was yeah. rampant still here in the United States With uh, lots of na- Nazi sympathizers And before and like before that, that, that Hitler happened. didn't invent anti-Semitism No, yeah. no he did not What he did is he he was worried about his college age Uh, children, Thomas Mm -hmm. and George. So he goes, guys, I just want you to change your name because I'm like getting like threats, like death Mm -hmm. threats for some of these political cartoons. I want you to change your name uh, to something less Jewish. Honestly, this, this family had a great sense of humor because Thomas, in honor of his brother George, changed his surname to George. Thomas George uh, Thomas George and so his brother was like what, in he honor Thomas? of my brother taking my first name as a surname I will also take that name so his name was George 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 <laughs> <laughs> like, it's pretty great there's like Mario Mario, will,
0: Mario Luigi my brother or? by taking his surname and I will yeah. also be George George that's yeah. great <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's pretty fantastic right yeah. I like this oh, guy
0: okay.
1: I like all these guys
2: they're yeah, great yeah <laughs> Now, uh, George George was actually uh, Jennifer George's father, right? The, the the woman that put out the book on Rube Goldberg. Oh, that, okay. That was her father, right? And George George was actually a Broadway and film producer uh, in his life. And oh, really? uh, Thomas was actually a painter. You know, so the arts and stuff really runs in their family. Did George sure. George, during this, I mean, this would have been, what time period would this be?
0: Oh, like, this uh, is the late, late like 40s, early 50s. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was thinking this was after... Uh, Rube Goldberg's retirement, which he said was in the 1960s, so it was kind of in that Yeah, I get it. In that time period. Yeah. I just I kind just of trying to follow
2: along. Back. Yeah, I went back a little bit. During during his retirement though, Rube did he still drew, you know, and they were published and stuff because everyone cool. back then looked up to Rube Goldberg. Everyone wanted to be like him. You know, he mm-hmm. was famous. There were people would recognize him going, you know, down the street and stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Well, that's Rube Goldberg. Yeah. Yeah. He has one that he drew in 1967, and it had a family sitting on their couch with a giant TV in front of them, and they are all looking at the TV and no one was talking to each other. Oh, yeah. 1967. Wait till, you know, wait till they get it. iPhones.
0: Yeah, right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now we have people that are like, instead of watching TV, they're all on their phones. You know? <laughs> well,
1: it's... <laughs> Yeah. Look at all these people watching the same screen, uh, sharing in a communal experience, but not discussing it. Let's make right. it even more isolated and give everyone their own little TV. Well,
0: yeah. it's funny because like you see those old things where it's like everybody's on the subway reading a newspaper, and yeah. it's like, right. look at these people—they're not even interacting anymore. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> right. nothing. Fun yeah, ever since the
2: invention of that newspaper.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the radio, or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think about it the other way and think about back. Before when you When you were forced to interact with you If you left your house You were interacting with people From the moment you stepped off the curb To the moment you got back inside And that sounds yeah. fucking awful
2: Yeah Let yeah. me well, be able to
0: Goddamn iPhones <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: and, and, yeah, yeah.
0: Get them out of my face Yeah <laughs> Distract them Yeah, yeah. I don't want
1: to talk to them Have them
0: talking about Will Smith all day <laughs> yeah, oh. It's like have you seen the new Will Smith meme And I'm yeah, like Oh Yes Yes, yeah. I've seen all of them. I can't um, escape uh, it. Yeah.
1: Well,
2: my mother's also, been dead since
1: twenty eighteen, and she saw the meme. <laughs>
2: <laughs> God damn it! Uh, now, also in nineteen sixty seven, there had been a an award created for cartoonists, outstanding cartoonists, from actually the National Cartoonists Society, hmm. and uh, when they gave it to Rube Goldberg in nineteen sixty seven, they realized that. They all kind of wanted to be Rube Goldberg, and Rube Goldberg sort of exemplified this award. So after then, they, they renamed the award The Reuben, and they still oh, give it out every year yeah. for cartoonists. Okay. Is there any
1: recent uh, Reuben winners oh, yeah. that
2: are, like, of note? Oh, yeah. Here Here's a few that you may have heard of. There's Charles Schulz mm-hmm. from Peanuts. The yeah. penis guy. Right? Right?
3: Yeah, The penis <laughs> guy. <laughs>
2: Uh, Ernie Bushmiller, remember who that was, right? Who's that? Nancy, Nancy the Nancy uh.
1: comics. Oh, wait, no, that's Kathy. No, Kathy. no that's a
2: different one. Uh, he also won, the Rubin. There was uh, Bill Watterson. Y'all know Bill Watterson Oh, was yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. And, or, Calvin. Stippy. Cal- uh, Calvin Hobbs. Calvin Hobbs. That's yes. John
0: Cr- Chris or whatever, and he... Uh, He's a monster. Yeah, real piece of shit. He should <clears throat> be in jail, but I don't think there's uh, enough people to... Jim uh,
2: Davis? Won the Ruben? Yeah. Uh, oh, the guy
1: uh, that the that serial the killer who made Garfield.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> no, like,
0: that's a specific reference to I think you should leave. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which is great. That's a great sketch. Yeah. There or, was uh, like, oh, there Garfield. was Gary Gary Larson won the Ruben. Oh, I love Gary. You know he yeah. lives in uh in the San Juan Islands now. Yeah. 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 Burnley's a bit of a shut-in And I don't really I think people go up there To be that no. yeah. What's up
1: with cartoonists And being shut-ins In their later years Oh Bill Watterson
0: Like Yeah I think people like, don't he's even He's like know if we, you
1: bring up Like Calvin and Hobbes around me I'll fucking kill you
0: I think people don't even Like know where that guy lives Like Yeah Like he's, he's that he's much Like expensive. I'm sure people And also
2: worry, One of the History Boys Favorite Favorites to reference Matt Groening Oh of uh, course yes. yes Yes Of The Simpsons Of course uh, but pretty much any cartoon you can think of that you grew up with, they have won, at least one, Reuben. Um, Kelvin Kelbert, and Hobbs, Kathy, all that stuff. Like, Kelvin and Hobbs, like,
0: I think formed who I am as a person. Yeah. He, you it, know? It,
2: he won twice. A he few won of the those did. I mean, Simpsons, obviously. Jeez. But... Yeah. Man. Yeah.
0: I was, at, my well, mom used to say that she thought Calvin was based on me as a child. And... <laughs>
2: But the, uh, I think uh, the it was award, a lot of kids. You could say that about yeah. <laughs> the it looks, a- looks mm-hmm. like one of uh, Ru- uh, Rube Goldberg's uh, like illustration uh, yeah. machines. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Well,
1: that's freaking rad, man. And and it's so cool to like I don't know. I mean, like you know about the machine. You know about uh, I mean, and 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 like these things that like as you're telling us his his comics that he did and kind of his sense of humor. It always it seems so familiar, and it's because right. the, the, the the artists and uh, you know creatives that he had such an impact on are all people yeah.
2: that that had an impact on us. Yeah, so. absolutely, and, mm-hmm. and stuff oh, absolutely. that's incredibly sort of ubiquitous to us now. You know, mm-hmm. Rube Goldberg is just present, like omnipresent in our in our media today. Um, from you know, Back to the Future. Uh, the Rube Goldberg machine in the beginning. No. Oh uh, no, yeah, yeah. Casper, as we said, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Edward Scissorhands, Goonies, Gremlins, Home Alone, that OK, okay Go video, and of course the board game, Mouse Trap. Mm-hmm. It's all directly from Rube Goldberg. I hope his estate is collecting money. They are. Uh, they they collect on on his art. Honestly. Uh oh. And which is good, which is good. Go buy go get the book and all that stuff.
1: I, mm-hmm. I, I I thought you meant that they like showed up at Robert Zemeckis's house and like broke his legs. <laughs> <laughs> no, not in
2: that way. Where's uh, my money? On his Where's actual my money Zemeckis? Art. <laughs> Nothing that's <laughs> like evocative money, of Rube or yeah. celebratory of Rube. They they just want to keep control of his art, yeah. which is mm-hmm. completely uh, yeah. understandable. Yeah. Um Does that mean actually, the big uh,
0: Zemeckis what, about them going and trying to his money,
2: you know? <laughs> the, actually, the uh, Rube Goldberg nonprofit that was set up by George George has a competition every year mm. for children to build Rube Goldberg machines, right? Oh, that's fun. And it, it's sort of an unintended positive consequence to get, you know, children into sort of the STEM field you know, engineering and and science Mm -hmm. uh, sort of field, which is really good. That's a a good unintended consequence Yeah, Uh, yeah. because they have those competitions all over the place. You know, they're on Kimmel now, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Little Timmy, you made a wonderful machine, but now you need to remove all the steps because we need to make it an actual machine and not a joke machine.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, kids learn, you know. Yeah, How All things work together works. and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it's a that good way to learn for to sure. A lot like how you know Rube Goldberg himself learned with the you know the how to measure the Earth sort of the uh, machine, the back Machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could almost call it the first Rube Ger- Goldberg machine. Something that mm-hmm. is sort of nonsensical to prove an a, an outside point. Mm-hmm. It was um, a pre-Goldberg machine. There you go. There you go. But on de- December seventh, nineteen seventy. Rube Goldberg passed away from cancer Aww. at his home Aww. in Manhattan. He is actually buried at the Mount Pleasant Cemetery in Hawthorne, Westchester County, New York. And Irma, his wife, would later also pass pass away in 1990. She's actually buried right next to him. There. In 1990, how yes. old was she? Oh my God, she was nine. She was, she was. Hold on, hold on. She was born in 1895 and died in 1990.
1: 95. 95. 95. It's one old
2: dame. <laughs> I like
0: that we need a calculator for that. People
2: at home are probably like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is the reason I've not the math fucking cup. math boys, okay? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am terrible at math. Me too. Uh, yeah. So bad. I I do need a a calculator, and even then, I'm not to be yeah. trusted with a calculator. As You just make
1: it know. say boobies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You're like, carry well two and perfect Yeah, well <laughs>
2: that uh, is the uh, Zany, wholesome story Of I uh, the that. beloved yeah.
0: Rube Goldberg I needed a wholesome story after yeah, You know, I all mean, the yeah. tragedy that you fucking Stubbed down our throats Every every other week, Jerry <laughs> That's in, not day even true We're not even talking about the show That's just, he's like, oh man Here's a bunch of things that happened Yeah, We're like in what? the news yeah, yeah. That's the title. The news.
2: They they yep. uncovered two hundred and fifty uh, civilian bodies in Ukraine. Uh, Ukrainian civilian bodies. Yeah, thank anyway. you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. oh, she's going really
0: great over there. It's funny. Yeah. what a fucking uh, shit show. Just figure out. Stand by. Stand. We stand somebody. with Ukraine. I just want to say yeah. that.
1: Absolutely, absolutely,
0: yeah. Slava Ukraini. Also, uh, a still Paris died. Did you guys hear
2: about that? Uh, yes, uh, Estelle Harris. Yeah. Yes, pour them uh, out for for Estelle Harris. You know. George
1: Costanza can George... officially become Batman. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> both of his both of his on screen parents I, have, uh, uh, passed away.
0: Yeah, I like Seinfeld. She was so great. Yeah, but... always oh, yelling. Absolutely,
1: you're not giving away uh, a water pick.
0: <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> I feel
1: like you made the voice you used wasn't.
0: I can't do it with voices. I can't. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. what are we, the voice boys? Yeah, the voice boys, the math boys. No.
1: Yeah. No. Well, rest in peace, comic legend. And that that also that goes that goes for Estelle Harris, and it also goes for Rube Goldberg. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the yeah. topic of today's yeah. show. And I he has like...
2: he has a really cool family that are still a, a, around to this day that uh, carry on his name lovingly, um, even though they changed so, yeah. their names. Are there well, still Georges, or did they go yeah, back? Yeah, there's to, they're still Georges. Yeah, yeah. Jennifer George
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess you want to keep like.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah. she like remembers her grandfather. Like it's mm-hmm. pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Like she kind of yeah. grew up not really knowing who her grandfather was, and then rediscovering him later. Oh, that's it's, really interesting. it's pretty interesting. Yeah. 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 1970 isn't that long ago. You know. No. No, no but. Long enough, you know. It's getting yeah.
1: Farther away. When I was a yeah. kid, 19. Alive. 1970 the 1970s was like this it's the way the kids look at the 90s now yeah, yeah
2: exactly which, which makes it's me totally. feel fucking ancient <laughs> it's just so yeah, old but, makes me yeah. feel so
0: old <laughs> when I was born I, it, most like as a kid you think of the 70s as so long ago well, somebody my age but I was born in 83 so yeah. like three years ago it was the, yeah. it was the 70s it's true or four I guess that's, We're the, done. that's the episode that was a yeah, fun one I liked that one yeah yeah all right, everybody, we are the History Boys, and that is Rube Goldberg. Thank you for listening. I am Christopher Whedon, and uh, I don't know. I'm going to play video games. That's what I'm going to do today. Hell yeah. You know? I'm going to play the new Tiny Tina's Wonderland. It's got Sam- Andy Sandberg in there. Oh,
3: is that true? Yeah. Okay. Call it Andy like, I, I
0: think a lot of people don't because they, you know, fuck them. That's why. <laughs> Wanda Sykes is in there, which is weird. Yeah. Wanda Sykes yeah. is in that game. Is the
1: whole game just an episode of that show, Wanda Does It, where she, like, does a job for a day?
0: Is that a thing she did? Yeah. I know she had a sitcom. She, had, I she like... had a
1: show on Comedy Central where she's like, I'm going to fly a plane.
0: I'm not going to do a voice. I'm not going to do a voice. voice. Don't I knew her voice. stand-up <laughs> from back in the day when she, did, uh, when she was Wanda Sex Hall. Remember yeah. that? Oh, yeah. But uh, I, I love her on uh, Curb because every time... Larry says something inadvertently racist, like a car goes by and she's like behind it. She's like, there's that running (laughs) joke that she witnesses him do things that are unavert and she thinks he's so racist.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: so funny. She's like, God damn it, Larry. Well, it's like the woman that thinks
2: George is crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Every time
2: he has like a meltdown or something, she's like there. Yeah. (laughs) It's so funny. Larry David's
1: got four jokes. Those are probably both Larry
0: David jokes. Yeah, yeah. There's literally a part in Curb where he says something inadvertently racist, and the like a car, goes by just behind it, like she's fucking, I don't know,
1: Green Goblin or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that kind of
1: thing. James Franco. (laughs) I'm I'm uh, Tyler Armatrust still pushing. Actually, I'm I'm no longer. I'm never gonna push the Giorgio Van Grelden thing ever again. My my <laughs> new my new nom de plume is mm-hmm. Shemper Jackson Howell Jr. That's good.
3: Shemper. <laughs> Shemper. Um, and, and, and,
1: and while I while I have your ears bent, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna remind our listeners uh, at home that a uh, a new episode of History Boys presents the Tyler Trout Project <laughs> featuring Christopher Whedon uh, and Zach Mack, Uh mm. is is up for our Patreon subscribers at the $10 level, along with all of our bonus content. So if you listen to the show, you like the show, you want more of us, we got more stuff for you to listen to. So you just hop on there. You can do that. If you don't want to do that, but you want access to the Discord, so you can chitty-chat with us to your heart's content, you can always hop on at the $1 Mm -hmm. level. Hop on at the $5 level, you get a shout-out in the show... You know, like like so many of our fans before, that's not the only way to support us. You can always give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You can give us positive review on Spotify. Or yeah. you can just shoot us an email at historyboyspodcast at gmail.com and let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, suggestions for episodes and everything in between. We'd love to hear from you.
2: Yeah, Indeed, indeed. And I am Jerry Nash, your humble history boy. As always, thank you so much for listening. Let's see, Mr. Armantrout, yeah. take us out. Love you, bye. It is really all the same. Thank you. We've had a lot of fun. We'll see you next time. Or I
3: guess we won't, whatever.